Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we have started discussing chapter 13, Kshatra Kshatragna Vibhaga Yoga, Yoga of knowing the difference between the field and its knower. So we are basically learning how to navigate through Maya. So as we have seen before, we have four great Vedas, Rik, Sam, Yajur, and Atharva. Each one gave us one great statement, which summarizes the entire philosophy of who I am. The end of the Vedas, a section called Vedanta, literally means end of Vedas, which consists of Upanishads. Upanishads discuss about who we are, what's our relationship to that Almighty, and whether I have an existence before and after my death. So each one has argued this point logically and came to a logical conclusion what the truth is. And that is summarizing one great statement in each Veda. So in Rigveda from Aitari Upanishad, we got Pragnanam Brahman. In the end, they say the real truth is that the consciousness alone is that almighty, all-pervading self. From the Samaveda in Chandogya Upanishad came Tattvamasi, that thou art. You are that. That which you are seeking as the Supreme Lord is your own self. From the Atharva Veda came Ayam Atma Brahman. Myself is Brahman. After the inquiry about what the self is, it says myself is Brahman. The self is I consider to be myself is Brahman. So that comes from Atharvita Mandukya Upanishad. And the last one is Aham Brahmasmi. I am Brahman. The final realization that Brahman is none other than my own self comes from the Yajurveda from Bradharanyaka Upanishad. Gita, as we are seeing, is Bhagavan Krishna has collected all those ideas from Upanishads and put in one discourse called Bhagavad Gita. So we had been discussing Bhagavad Gita. We are learning the essence of this great statement. And many commentators have said, as we have discussed many, many, many times before, that Tattva Masi is the statement which Gita elaborates upon. So we have learned so far about that and Thou in first 12 chapters. For six chapters, we learned about Tao, that is you and I, as limited beings. And that segment culminated in Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation. And once I know who I am as a limited being, now I have to contemplate upon who I am. The next six chapters, we discussed about that, that Almighty, the Supreme, 
what is the nature of that? And that culminated in bhakti yoga, yoga of devotion. Once I know myself in that Almighty, I will have nothing but devotion for that self. The identification. Once I identify with someone, I will be in love with that person. I love something when I know something. Once I know the nature of the Supreme, then only I can develop devotion for it. So chapter 12 was Bhakti Yoga, Yoga of Devotion. Chapter 13 now connects the two. So that thou art, that co-relative verb art is, is what we had been discussing. How to make the connection between this limited self, which I consider to be myself, to that which is almighty, all-pervading. So as we have discussed in self-unfoldment and tattvabhag before, that this self which I considered is a conditioned self, conditioned in my body, and I consider this is my body. This is a gross body which I consider to be my body, which is perceived by everybody else. Everybody can see how tall I am, how short I am, how old I am. That's a gross body. But then there's a subtle body, which I am very aware. You may have inkling about it, but you can't perceive it. That's my mind and intellect. That's like a software in this hardware called body. But both of these are in existence because of the third body, which is called causal body which is the cause for this two to come into existence. This two cannot come into existence if there is no cause for it. This two came into existence as they are. Why you are not so, so powerful? Why you are not so smart? He said that's because this is what that cause considered to the most appropriate form to transact all the desires and vasanas which I have. So that's the causal body. The causal body is nothing but the leftover tendencies and vasanas from my past experiences. From my past experience of buying a house in this area, if I made a mistake last time, I said, don't do that again. Next time when I buy the house, I look for, well, let's find a good school district because that's what is more important. Let's find which has best resale value. Now that's more important. Don't fall into the trap of this is the, the most economical area. No, no, you need to find something where the resale value is more important. All these are my past impressions of last time which I made mistake. So the same way Bhagwan says that this body and this mind is also ordered by me, custom designed by me. Like you go online and fill out which color car you want and then what shape, what size and what brand and you put together a customized package. I heard somewhere that at Starbucks, the combination of coffee like 5,400 and something. That many different varieties of coffee you can order at Starbucks. So you can customize your coffee. It's the same way I have customized this existence of mine, which I call my limited self. That's a causal body. Total impressions of my past experiences and tendencies created these two bodies, subtle body and gross body. That's at my micro level. At the macro level, the total tendencies and impressions of 
all the beings and things in this jagat, this universe, create the total causal body. And in Sankhya philosophy, it's called Mula Prakriti, the original nature of this Prakriti, Mula Prakriti. In Vedanta, we call it Maya. That means Yama Sa Maya, that which is not but appears to be that is Maya. This limitations on me as my body, my mind, my intellect are not there actually. There is no limitations on myself of my mind, my intellect, my body. But it appears to have this limitation. I feel this limitations when I think about myself that's because of Maya. Then Maya is nothing but my identification with this body, with this mind with this intellect. As long as they are there, all the limitations of my body, mind and intellect will be there. Once I get out of that identification, those limitations only remain for the body, for the mind, for the intellect, but not for me. Swami Virananda used to say, I as a Swami has all the problems, but I as I have no problem. I as Nilbhat has all the problems, all the limitations. I as an architect has all the problems, all limitations. But when I remove all those, the I which remains has no problem. Because it has no limitation. So how to migrate from this limited I and identification to that unlimited I is now we'll be discussing from chapter 13 through 18. And therefore the last chapter, chapter 18, will culminate into moksha sannyasa yoga. Yoga of liberation to renunciation. So we started discussing chapter 13 and we have indicated that the very first verse, Arjuna Vacha, is not in many texts, but it's very appropriate that it is interpolated by some commentator. Arjuna said, I want to know the nature of these things. What are the things you want to prakritim purusam chayiva? I want to know the nature of prakriti. I want to know the nature of purusha. Also in addition, I want to know kshetra kshetra gna. What is the field and who is the knower of the field? And also gnanam gnayam. I want to know what is knowledge and what is to be known. So these are the topics we'll be discussing going forward. Somebody put in Arjuna's mouth so the we know we will be talking about Purusha and Prakriti, Kshetra Kshetra Gna and Gnanam Gnayam. If I can differentiate between these two, what is Kshetra and Kshetra Gna, what is Purusha and Prakriti, what is knowledge and knowable, then I have accomplished my task. So from the next verse, Bhagavan basically changes the paradigm for us. Up till now I consider the I the knower, and the world is the field of my actions. So I've included in I the knower, my body, my mind, my intellect, is the knower part. Neil, do you know this? I know it. When I say I know it, I mean my mind, my intellect, my body are included in it. But once I know, idam shariram kaunteya kshetram iti abhidhiyate. You want to know what the field is? This body is the field. One who knows this field is the knower of the field. So this body is the field of activities for the consciousness to function through, but it is not I. This is the field. So in this field, 
all the activities take place. So this field is nothing but part of the prakriti. I have borrowed from the prakriti this body. All the food which I have eaten from the day of my birth till this morning's breakfast is my body. So I actually borrowed from outside. So Bhagavan said, this is filled. One who knows this field, say, I am aware of my body. I am aware my leg is broken. I am aware I am short. I am aware I am tall. That entity which is aware of the limitations or the quality of the body, Bhagavan said, he is the knower. So he defines what is Kshetra and Kshetragna, but he included this body in the field. So body is part of Prakriti, so is mind, so is intellect. They do not belong to me. They are the equipment borrowed from this prakriti, and I use them. Then, kshetragnam chapimam vidhi sarva bharata. So now we say, okay, I, the knower of this body, is a very distinct and individual than you, the knower of your body, see the knower of her body. But one says, no. Only there is one knower. He knows all the bodies. All the fields of actions is known by only one entity. Bhagavan said, that's me. Kshetragna is only one. Kshetra may be many. The field of activities may be many, but the knower and the actor is only one. Bhagavan said, be clear that I'm the only knower in this world. I, the all-pervading self, is the only knower. And then the next verse, verse 4, says, Tatkshetramcha, Yatcha, Yadrukcha, Yadvikari, Yatascha, Yat, Sachayaha, Yat Prabhavascha, Tat Samasena Meshrana. Once again, he told us what we are going to be discussing, and then we'll be discussing, and then in the end, we'll say this is what we discussed. So he said, This is what we're going to discuss. What is the field, and what is its nature? What are its modifications? Because sometimes we don't recognize the thing which gets modified. We may know it's in a raw form, but when it's modified, we don't recognize. So you should also know the modification of Bhagavan said. And when it is, and also who it is, and what his powers are, that hear from me. So he basically said, we'll be discussing this. What is the nature of the field? What are its modifications? Where it is? How it functions? What are the field's powers? So we're talking Maya. What is Maya's powers are? How it deludes you into thinking who you are not is what Bhagavan said. I'll be telling you in, in a brief. So please listen from me. Rusihi bahudaha gitam chando abhi vividehi prutak brahma sutra padehi cha eva Hetu madbihi vinishchitaihi. Even Bhagavan Krishna cannot say that this is my own idea. In our culture, there is nothing called original idea. Even for an idea of who Bhagavan is, you cannot say this is my idea. It has to be validated by many seers before you. And many people must have attested that this is the truth. Then only that truth is validated. Our culture is Veda-bound culture. So we have to have the proof of the idea which we are propagating or promoting has to have proof in Vedas. So Bhagavan Krishna said, I'm not going to tell you anything new. I'm going to tell you, Rishis have sung 
in many ways, in many different ways, this is explained by many different teachers, in various distinctive chants and also in the suggestive words. Suggestive words because no matter how many times I hear from somebody, I'll always have some doubt left. It's like somebody really recently asked me, so have you experienced that perennial bliss? I said, my guru could not answer that question to anybody. So people ask Swami, Swamiji, are you realized? He said, if I tell you I'm realized, then you will think, oh, what a big ego Swamiji has. If I'm not realized, then it's, why am I wasting my time with you? So it's a conundrum. You cannot answer that, but you can give a suggestion. So even when I say, I know the truth, let me tell you the truth, you say, well, what a bluff master he is. But you can make suggestive indications and say, you find yourself. You go and find yourself. But this one, I think this is where you will find it. So he said that in suggestive words, indicative of Brahman. Brahman cannot be produced here or a proof of Brahman can be produced here. But in suggestive words can say, there is a supreme being who is all-pervading and you should be able to find it if you follow this path. Full of reasoning and decisive. None of this is, my guru told me and I am telling you, so please believe me. He said, this Upanishads and this Brahma Sutras, they have argued logically and decisively come to the conclusion that this is the truth. This is the field. The knower is this. Next two verses talk about Kshetra. What is Kshetra? Mahabhutani ahankaraha buddhihi avyaktam evacha indriyani dasaikamcha pancha indriya gocharaha. Very loaded verse. Can take probably a month of commentary on each one of them. They say, okay, this is the nature of the field. Field includes Mahabhuta. Five great elements are included in field. Anywhere you find one or the all five, that's part of field. In the beginning, Bhagavan said, this body is the field. This body is made up of nothing but five great elements. So is everything else in this universe that I know. Therefore, the entire universe, including my body, is part of the field. Mahabhutani. Ahankara. Then he adds Ahankara to it. That which thinks I am the doer. Aham kartru ahankar. That I am the doer. Buddhihi. Then intellect. That which decisively come to the conclusion this is right, this is wrong. Nearly the day or night. Now I can decisively say it's day. Even though it's dark here and I'm relying on artificial light. But I know it's not night. My buddhi says it cannot be night. So it's a decisive. Buddhihi. Avyaktam. This is very difficult to understand. Unmanifested. That what we talked about, our causal body. That which is unmanifest, but propels me to do things in one way or other. You say, Neil, why do you act like this? Oh, that's my nature. So what do you mean your nature? That's my tendency. If there is a concert going on, I'll be sitting there as long as you want me to. Dance going on, I'm finding an excuse how to get out of here. So why did that? That's my tendency. Avyaktam. Cannot be seen by the propeller of all my activities. Avyaktam. Evacha. Indriyani dasaikamcha. And the ten senses. Five senses of perceptions. Five senses of actions. Those 
10. And pancha indriya gochara. This senses have no value if there are no sense objects to be perceived. Without the sense, those, those objects have no value. For a blind person, the world of sight does not exist. For a deaf person, the world of sound does not exist. But for us who have all sets of objects outside in this world, which corresponds with my senses and therefore I can function in this world. See, therefore, there are, if there are more than one sense are involved, then it is more enjoyable. In olden days, there were silent movies. Then probably there were gramophone records. They were two separate. You can either see things or hear things. Then somebody thought about put them together, become talkies. So talking movies came. They were more enjoyable than those silent movies. And now we have videos where you can act along with more senses get involved. It becomes more enjoyable for you. So previously you go to concert, some guy is sitting down with a harmonium and a tabla and singing. Now there are the laser lights and all these things happen because you want to involve as many senses as possible in that experience. It becomes more entertaining for you. So Bhagavan said, that's the field of your activities. Mahabhutani, Ahankara, Buddhi, Avyaktam, Indriyani, Dasaikam, and Pancha, Indriya, Gocharaha. Five sets of objects to correspond with your senses. Then Vikaraha, the modifications are as important. Now, what are the modifications? We experience every day. Icha, Dvesaha, Sukham, Dukham, Sanghataha, Chetana, Drutihi. Now, all these considered are my experiences. But once they are part of the field, they are not your experiences. You as you is not experiencing any of that. They are experienced by the knower of the field. One who identifies with the field and say, I am part of this. As long as I become part of an organization, all the shortcomings and all values of the organization become my values and shortcomings. Part of the company, whatever the company is, as long as I'm part of it, I experience it. I leave the company, company can go to whatever. This vikara belongs to the knower of the field. One who identifies with the field as the field exists. So, icha, desire. Those tendencies create desires, those vasanas. Starbucks coffee is my standard example. Before I tasted Starbucks coffee, there was no desire for Starbucks coffee. Once I went there, no more 7-Eleven, Starbucks. Dveshaha, and I despise 7-Eleven coffee now. Sukham, drinking Starbucks coffee, Sukham. Stale coffee, Dukham. Sukham, Dukham. Sanghataha, the aggregate of all of this coming together. Chetana, and I feel... I'm aware of all these things happening. And drutihi, drutihi, that is a firm belief that this is what I'm experiencing. Right now you can say, Neil, you should be very comfortable because, no, 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 it's too hot. You can convince me that this is most comfortable because I have decided it is uncomfortable. As long as I decide it is uncomfortable, nobody else can convince me. So when we used to go to Swamiji's camps, very first lecture he gives, very first thing he says is, 
it is up to you you want to enjoy this camp or suffer through this camp because there will be all kinds of problems hot water won't be coming there in your room because we used to have it in schools in our colleges dormitories bathroom may not be appropriate it is entirely up to you whether you enjoy this camp or suffer through this camp you decide today and that is what we will experience that's dhruti people from our chinma mission who are basically non indian they go to india and come back and say oh neel such a beautiful experience we went to mumbai and everything are you sure <laughs> that you are very comfortable there <laughs> because our experience is different we go there complain about everything and come back here they go there and enjoy everything and come back and complain here drutihi this is what my drutihi the bhagwan say etat kshetram samasena savikaram udahrutam i told you this in a brief what is feel and its modifications we'll stop right here om sarve bhavantu sutina sarve santu niramaya भद्राणि पश्यन्तु दुखभागे ओ शाति 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 हरि ओ श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरी ओ